Before I get started, I would like to issue this disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional. I am an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I am sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911. Welcome back to another episode of Mind If We Chat. I'm your host, Sarah. If you're new here, thank you for listening. If you're a returning listener, thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. I know it's been a while since I recorded a new episode, but I'm happy to be back with a new episode. And um, I came in today to Revival Tattoo Shop here in Hammond, Indiana to talk to Nick. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I found you through Instagram and I'm I don't live too far from where your shop is oh. and uh, I had you do the brains of my tattoos yeah, the little brains cool. yeah so in doing the tattoo we actually talked and we'll get more into that but um I I love your artwork here all of it is so cool like we talked thank about you, the painting you. back there all the paintings you have and they're all really cool so yeah some of them I got from the actual people who painted them and some of them I just collected through tattoo conventions stuff like that and other stuff i've got like off a of facebook marketplace somebody selling something and yeah it's a different mix of stuff i try to keep it different not everything the same yeah. you know kind of like different moods i guess you can say yeah and i love all the artwork especially the skateboard back there so if you guys are around him and you should definitely come in come in and look at the artwork because it's all really cool maybe i can post that on instagram <laughs> yeah that'd be cool yeah everybody out there man come in check it out stop in even if you're not looking to get tattooed if you want to just check the place out you're more than welcome man um i guarantee you there's something here that you will like or not like that'd be cool too you know all right so tell us a little bit about yourself before we start talking about the contents of this episode <laughs> well uh where do i start um 43 years old i'm from east chicago indiana I moved to Hammond in my early 20s. Uh, I'm a father and a husband. Uh, I have four kids. Uh, I love to tattoo. That's what I'm into. That's what I do. Um, that's pretty much everything that I know. It's tattoo, paint, like that. Uh, graffiti, bolts, uh, acrylics, color pencil, whatever it is, you know. Anything that has to do with expressing yourself, putting your... The feelings and emotions out there, I'm all about that. What uh, got you into art? Um, Honestly, seeing graffiti, really. You know, when I first saw B Street and they were doing the, the murals on the trains and, and yeah, I walk around the neighborhood and see these guys painting, uh, it, just, it just, it was mesmerizing to me. I was like, wow, you can do that? Like, this guy's doing it by himself, too. You don't need a crowd. You don't need a group. You don't need a bunch of people. It's just him. And it was just the most awesome thing to me. Once I discovered it, I pretty much didn't care about sports or anything else. I yeah. was art. Yeah. And you're, like I said, you're really good at it. When, when you did the conceptualizing, the colors of my tattoo, like the artwork on the walls, like you could tell like you're very passionate. And I feel like 
very creative people. We have a lot going on in our minds, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So we actually, when you did the tattoo, we got to talking and I got to know quite a bit about you just in that, like, what? I was here for like maybe two hours. Yeah. And just within that two hours, I was just like, oh my God, like, I'm convinced very creative people. We have just a lot going on in our minds. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, we live in, I mean, I speak for myself. I'm not going to say I know what everybody else is going through, but I, I spend most of my time in my head. You know, uh, it's a good and a bad thing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like a prison almost at times. You know, it's in prison, you're stuck in a cell, and in your mind, you're kind of stuck in a cell, kind of a brain cell. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it could kind of go both ways. Uh, yeah, it's. It's kind of weird, you know. It's yeah. kind of hard to explain. Um, you just kind of get just trapped in 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 certain situations or scenarios or whatever it may be, and it's hard to come out of. Agreed. And we kind of talked about that as you were tattooing me. Um, we talked about the walk because this was right before yeah. we had the suicide awareness walk, and you kind of asked me what inspired that. And you know, we talked and things, and you shared your you know story. So if you feel yeah. comfortable sharing. Yeah, uh, I don't mind at all. Uh, I think it's something that should be spoken about and talked about a lot more. You mm -hmm. know, I think the more that you talk about it, the more you kind of take the power that it has over people away from it, yeah. especially a person that's going through it. I've always been a real depressed and down person since I was a little kid. Yeah, and you did share that with me. So if you can kind of go back, because it does... Like we talked about it, it starts yeah. in childhood and, you know. Yeah, you know, I, was just, uh, I didn't have any brothers. I had just two sisters, you know what I mean? So right then and right then and there, and the middle child. Mm -hmm. So right there, you're like stuck in the gray area. You know, there's no boys to really play with in the house. You know, coming up, you know, you're just like almost, you're a loner, you know. So it started from there, you know, and it, it evolved into different different things that you would go through that causes different types of trauma, you know, my upbringing, uh, we were really broke going to school and seeing everybody with nicer things and being able to do things. And you're just stuck in this place where you can't do nothing. You only could do what you can, mm -hmm. you know, it's a big difference between doing what you want and doing what you can, you know, uh, and we just live in that life, you know, sleeping with your winter coats on because you ain't got no light and gas, you know, just different things, different scenarios, you know, all these things that you go through, you you never notice till you get older, the type of trauma that it has on you and how much it affects you as a, as a person, as how much it affects me even as a husband, and as a father. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've never really had a positive father figure in my life. So how do you... How do you become what you never had a, a, an example of? Yeah, that's the big question, right? Like, yeah. how do you lead by example if you didn't have an example to lead by? Yeah. And then when you fall back into these patterns, right? So everybody kind of has this expect. Well, maybe not everybody, but there's kind of this expectation you put on yourself. I don't want to be how I was raised. So here right. I'm going to change. But it's like sometimes it's hard because how do I change something if I don't know what that actually looks like? Yeah, exactly. I and I feel like I fought to not become that person so much that I still actually became that person. And it was crazy because you you change those patterns 
not realizing that you're already repeating other patterns. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you don't realize it until you see the effects that it has on other people around you. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really realize it until I started seeing the effects that it had on my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's when it really hit me like, wow, like I didn't want them to grow up the way that I did, but I still landed up raising them the same way almost that I did. You know what I mean? It, it was just really, it's really weird. It's really sad. It's, it's really hurtful when you have to come to the realization of it, but you have to accept it and you have to own it in order to overcome it and change it. You know, you have to look at that person in the mirror and really see how it take accountability really is what the yes, word I'm looking thank for. thank you. you know, taking accountability for <laughs> mm -hmm. it and say, hey, you know what? I screwed up. I dropped the ball. It doesn't matter if you did it intentionally or intentionally or if it was maliciously or unmaliciously. Like, you still did it. Yeah. And you still have to own that. And you still have to answer for that. You know what I mean? And whether you're explaining this to your children or whether you're just in a place where you're just taking accountability for your role mm -hmm. in order to change it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something important you said, like having accountability, because I feel like you need self-awareness Yeah. and hearing you talk, like there was some part in your life where you, you saw and you realized you made the realization that's self-awareness. Like, Hey, I'm doing the same things over. Like, how do I, I'm taking accountability for that because it's easy to, well, this is just how I was raised. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, I'm not gonna, I mean, it's not my fault. Yeah, I think that I think that excuse is valid until you reach a certain age where you know better and you can do better. I mean, once you're at a certain age, I think and I mean, who am I to say what age that is? It could be in your teens where, hey, you know what, you're able to change yourself and things around you. So you don't no longer have that excuse is not valid anymore. You know what I mean? Because you can change that. We have the ability to let things affect us. If things, if we tell ourselves that and we actually believe like it doesn't bother us, then it won't bother you. It only bothers you when you allow it to bother you. You mm -hmm. give it that power. You know what I mean? You give it that yeah. that authority to move into your life. You know what I mean? And it's, it's it, no, it just sounds that easy, but it actually it's not. You know what I mean? I guess the, the greatest battle you ever face is the one in your mind, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing, um, coming to the realization that there are going to be times where you kind of backtrack almost yeah. like, but if you keep moving forward, that's the key, right? right. Keep moving forward. Yeah. If you, if you have a setback and stay back there, that's yeah. but you got to yeah. try your best to move forward. And I think that's like the most important thing. Cause I think recently I fell kind of back into some old patterns. Cause I mean, stress does that, right? Yeah. Stress triggers these parts in you where you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm healed. I'm fine. Like, I, nothing's going to bother me. And then yeah. stress starts mounting, the triggers come back and it's like, okay, universe, I thought I learned the lesson, but I guess I didn't. But you're just <laughs> running back to what's familiar. Exactly. And, Thank and, you. And it's easier to go along with what's familiar than to go along with the unknown. Mm -hmm. Because in the world of the unknown, the most scariest of things happen to mm -hmm. us or, or, or we think are going to happen to mm -hmm. us, you know, like, oh, I have to hold light of myself in, in order to keep myself in a place where I'm comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, and the reality of, of it is like, it, I think falling back, sometimes it's almost necessary for you to realize like how good it is to, to move on, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because I think we get comfortable 
I, I think that's a basic human trait. Uh, we go into like, what is it, autopilot? Mm-hmm. And we just get comfortable with what we are. And I think that's a very dangerous thing to be is comfortable. Because once you're comfortable, you drop your guard. Yep. You tell yourself, oh, I'm good. I'm good now. I don't I don't have to be as aware. I don't have to be as on eggshells and, and with my guard up, relax and chill. Like that's when you're going to get it. That's when you're gonna, they're going to breach the walls the most. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you thought and you think, but... You're not at that level yet where you're able to actually not just let things affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I know I'm not, and I'm striving to get there, but it's it's hard. I, I envy just because people can say things to them they want, and just, yeah, it just bounces right off. I'm like, just, <laughs> and there's like, and there, I could truly see like it doesn't bother them. Yeah. It's just like, and I'm like, wow. Like that's so awesome! I I I I inspire to be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's too like, oh, I wish I could be like that. Like, I man, I I'm a very emotional person, and I display my feelings like it's nothing. And I don't actually think that that's a good thing. I I think it is a good thing in a way, and in a way, it's not a good thing because. People could see that and, and they, you know, just kind of just giving somebody a manual to how to mess with you. Yeah. And you know? that's the thing. So a couple of things that you kind of talked about that I want to kind of unpack a little bit from what I've what I've been learning in school and even just what I'm learning about myself. Um, so I think a lot of the times we do that is for comfort. We go mm-hmm. back to those places, but also that's a survival tactic. Yeah. Right. We're like when we get anxious and we get those that anxiety that anxiety turns off that like prefrontal cortex, that front part of our brain that uses logic and reasoning. And we go back to, I have to survive now. I have to protect, 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 protect. And I've noticed, um, I've been getting triggered a lot lately and, uh, it's uh, again, stress, stress kind of messes with the front of your brain. So I've been getting triggered a lot and I've been falling back. Like I said, back into those old kind of patterns, like, okay, I got to protect, but I'm like, Oh no, I don't have to protect right now. I can walk away Yeah. and practicing that. Right. And and being aware in the moment. Okay. I said something I didn't mean, but you know what? Now I'm just going to say I'm, I'm walking away, taking taking a step back, you know? And even that, that, that's a step forward. Cause I could, I could definitely continue to engage like, okay, come on, you want to go? Let's go. But once again, you go into the autopilot, Mm -hmm. go to cruise control Mm -hmm. and you just, it's it's natural because you've done it for so many years. It's yeah. embedded in the brain in you that it's going to play out. You don't need to think about it. You're just going to do it. It's like waking up. You yeah. know you're going to jump in the shower. You know you're going to brush your teeth. You know you're going to get dressed. It, it's You've done it so many times. The so repetition of doing yeah. it formed the habit in your head. Yeah. You know, Thank so you. Look at you. You're so very right aware. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did you ever think, too, that you're being tested as much right now because you're at the brink of a breakthrough? Hell yeah. Hell and yeah. <laughs> whatever that is the, the the comfort doesn't want you to go to that other side mm-hmm. it wants you to stay hey, stay here with me because well you know me we've been together so long like how why, why are you gonna leave me yep i need you to stay like yeah. no i i don't need you anymore you need me but i exactly. don't need you like exactly. it's time for you to go it's away feeding off of you mm-hmm. so it's funny you say that because in the beginning of the year right before my 35th birthday i said i'm gonna do this different nothing's gonna bother me i'm not taking anything personal it was like the universe is like oh okay yeah. 
okay, let's test you. Yeah. And it's like now it's only mid-February and every twist and turn I feel like I've been tested and I'm just like... But that's how you develop that yes. the, the, the technique <laughs> yes. of being able to just not bother you. Yes. How, how do you... How do you... It's like you got to work it out. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you want you want the muscles, but you never go to the gym. You never lift the weights. Well, how do you, how do you expect to get that? Yeah. You yeah. know, how do you expect to have your level of of zen mode or wusa or whatever you want to call it or your level of peace how do you expect it to get it that tough where it doesn't bother you you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to test it you're gonna have to be uncomfortable yeah. to get a little bit comfortable oh, yeah. yeah i, I see agree. the breakthrough was not in the comfort the breakthrough was in the uncomfortable yes because i'm very you know? uncomfortable with things that are happening in my life right now and but again i'm learning things from it and yeah. i'm learning good things and you know so i'm glad you brought that up thank you like, again, I I like sitting across from you because I feel like you have a lot of self-awareness. Oh, but yeah. that's through all the experiences you've been through. Yeah, that's from being, from, like I said, dealing with this as, as a little kid. As far back as I could remember, I could remember just not having no self-worth, not just being depressed. And I just, I, I had a mission since I was young to dive into it and learn more about it. Because I figured the more I knew about it, the more I could understand what triggers me, what what's what is this coming from? You know, I figured I could kind of. It's not going to hurt me as much because it's what I'm. I become familiar with it. You know what I mean? And I just, just as a young age, just tackled it. They didn't run from it. You know, at first I started to run from it. I started to feel ashamed. I started to be, be embarrassed about it, and this and that. And then I just started to really realize, like, hey, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm just the only one one of, or, that I know, one of the few that just really wants to talk about it or, or, or address it. You know what I mean? Because I started meeting all – everybody didn't necessarily have to go through the same thing that I was going through to feel the same thing that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? That's the different mass or different chambers of depression, you know, that it, it – it doesn't care if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're white, you're black, you're gay, you're straight, you're whatever. It's 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 a it's a a human being killer. You know what I mean? It, it has it, it has no preference. Yep, All it needs is a host, and and it doesn't care who you are as a person because it's going to turn you into its own thing, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions for you. Uh-huh. Did you ever seek out support knowing you felt like this as a child when uh-huh. you were a child? You're Hispanic. Yeah. You're you're a male. Yeah. Did you ever say like, hey, mom, dad, family, sisters, school, like any teachers, like I feel like something's not right. I need help. Um, I don't remember if I said like reached out per se like that. Um. I do know at young in, in school they started having me seeing like counselors and, and stuff like that. Like I, since I was young, they would go to have meetings at like Tri City Mental Health or whatever it was called back in the day, right there in Chicago, and go see counselors and stuff like that. And and you know what, it 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 did help to talk, but I knew at the end of the day I'm still gonna have to leave this office and still go live in the hell. So this little talking, it's cool, but I'm, I still got to go and leave here and still go experience all this freaking crap that I got to deal with at, at the house. So 
it's really you're not even putting a, a a shot glass worth of water in the ocean. It's like less than that, you know. Like this is doing nothing but wasting my time, you know. So for you, as you got older, how did you kind of cope with the things that were happening at home? I left. You leave. You take yourself out of that environment. And the environment that I put myself in wasn't, it wasn't better, but I had the control, you know, and even though I was running it into the ground worse than, than ever, I was at an all time low. It was so what I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. Nobody has control over me no more. Nobody can tell me nothing. And how old were you when you left home? Oh, when I left, left, I think I was about 16. Okay. Yeah, about 16. And, like, how did your siblings, did it affect them in any way? Or, like, your parents, um, do you think it affected them? Well, my, my dad, I really, I mean, to this day, I really have little to, it's no relationship. It's getting a little better now that I'm older with my dad. But back then, he was never around. Um, and my mom... My mom could do only so much. She was a single mom, you know, so you got to work. You, you still have to go and, and put food on the table. So that's eight to nine hours, if you're lucky, right there. And, you know, you still got to sleep, you know, and then you still have two other kids that are. I, I just, I, I I, really didn't expect too much from my mom because I just knew she could only do so much, you know what I mean? And. It wasn't really some a way that I was raised, the way that I was going. It was something that I was always around. But I understood it was still my decision. I made the choice. I really didn't really blame her. You know, she was only, she only could, you only could put up with so much. Mm. You know, and you got somebody in your house that just doesn't care. What do you do? What yeah. can you do? Yeah. And. And that's the thing. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one, especially being I give a lot of credit to single parents because it's like you're doing your best and you want to do right by your children. But it's like you have to you have to make a lot of sacrifices yeah. and things. So single. Yeah. That's well, that's hard. the reason why I, I, I struggle so much to get out of my head, too, because even though I'm married, you know, there's times where I'm just so shut down that it's almost like my wife's a single parent. You know, because I'm there, but I'm not expressing emotion. I'm not expressing love. I'm not expressing anything. I'm just, and it's not that I, I'm, I'm intentionally doing it. It's just that I'm so caught up with what's going on in my head. I'm trying to figure out why am I going through what I'm going through? What can I do to get out of this? What What am I doing to get myself here? Oh, I, I still got a shop to run. I still got a family to provide to. I still got all these things I have to do. And, and I, I I'm spattling it and going over it, over my mind doesn't shut off. So you you have anxiety? Um I think I do, just maybe different forms of it. It's okay. not where I'm having panic attacks or anything like that. I mean, but I definitely do feel the stress and the pressure of I can't screw this up. You know, I I don't have no I am the backup. I don't have a backup. I I can't I can't fail. Yeah. Because I have nobody else to fall back on. Yeah. You know. And the reason I ask is because usually like depression and anxiety they go hand in hand. And it's like 
Yeah. Usually when people, because I know I was diagnosed with anxiety first and then later persistent depressive disorder. So it's usually people who, and we've learned that in school too, people who have depression usually have anxiety. So you're always, therapists are always kind of assessing for both. Um, but I just wanted to ask, because you talked about that, you like your brain never shuts off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I definitely feel that. So I, I, I definitely do think I I, I deal with a, a level of anxiety. I just think, I mean, there's always different ways of, of going through things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all can suffer from like the same things. But like I said, they're different different ways that it affects us yeah you know i I mean like i don't have panic attacks uh i do i did go through a a period in my life where i just like just pass out i don't know if they're like teachers or something or maybe it was panic attacks uh i didn't feel at those times of my life i wasn't like stressing i wasn't like dealing with a lot of depression i was actually one of the better times in life and i would just go through these periods where I would just start everything would just start going black I start getting hot I start sweating and I just pass out like I just knock out like were you a kid when this was happening no I was already older I was already in my uh maybe mid-20s did you ever go to the doctors yeah they could never never really gave you any answers nobody ever know yeah I wonder if that's almost like after effects right like from childhood like yeah maybe it just didn't hit life you know because that's what trauma does oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so um we had a conversation and i want to whatever you're comfortable exploring here with me Uh um we had a conversation about uh an incident that happened with you you were about 17 and you know we were talking about the suicide awareness walk okay yeah yeah Yeah, if you feel like exploring that yeah uh yeah that day uh you know what? I woke up that day, and at that, that day, I just knew like I, I have been going through so much. It, it's been wearing me down for all these years. And you just, I just woke up that day and just knew that this is the day. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm checking out. Like I'm tired of being here. I can't stand being here. Um, at the same time, even though I can't stand being here, I still feel like I don't deserve to be here. Um. So I just knew, like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take my own life today. Today I have been battling it for so long and so long and fought and fought, and I was just tired of fighting. You know, I'm just tired of going through it every single day. Like I have to fight. I I, I was fighting more than I was to take my own life at that point. You know, and I just got tired of fighting. You know, at the I, I was the the life that I was living. You know, I was in really deep gang banging i was you know i would go i would go out every day my mission was just to hurt and and do as much dirt as i can you know what i mean and basically i'm just want people to feel the same pain that i feel every day you know and it just took its toll on me you know uh i said i'm gonna wake up today and i just knew like this is it i'm i'm done being here i'm done talking about it i'm done fighting it and i I, like i i I got on the phone i was trying to get a hold of anybody anybody from the hood that i could get a hold of because i mean you're in the hood there's no shortage of guns you know what i mean like you can get a asset you got access to guns like you got access to bubble gum 
you know, it's, it's all all over. All the homies got, you know, are strapped. You know, we got straps in the hood that are just meant to be in the hood, you know. And, like, I had a, a couple guns myself that I had out there. And, I, you know, I just started hitting people up, like, hey, man, I need one of my guns. I need, I'm trying to get, you know. And for some reason that day, like, I, I couldn't, I could not get my hands on either one of my guns or a gun from anybody in the hood. Like, everybody was just like, ain't, I ain't, ain't coming off the guns. And I'm like, damn, so what do I do? You know what I mean? Like, I'll just put a, a gun in my mouth and just pull the trigger. And, that, you know, it's probably the easiest way to go, right? No pain. Once you squeeze the trigger, lights out. And then whatever happens from there, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I didn't get the opportunity to go out that easy. So, I'm like, I'm not going to slip my wrist. Like, that seems pretty painful and I know a lot of people have done that and that didn't work so I was just like man I'm just gonna take a whole bunch of stuff and and drink until I can't drink no more mix it with the alcohol and I just overdose and that day I remember I, I I had like a party I called everybody over like nobody knew you know what I mean I think at that point you're not looking what mm -hmm. like your mind's just set like you I don't I don't need to cry for help I don't need assistance I, I know what I'm gonna do my mindset I'm I resolved it in my heart, everything, I'm done, you know. And how old were you at this time? Uh, I was about 17. And, man, we're partying and we're getting messed up. And I know, like, towards the end, I was like, all right, I went downstairs and I just started taking every everything I could find in the medicine cabinet. I just, you know, you're, you're lat like, your mom got freaking medication there from, like, the 80s, you know, I just <laughs> never threw it out, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. who the hell knows what I was taking? It could have been a like heartburn and Zantex, <laughs> and I'm taking freaking menopause <laughs> pills. Who do, I don't know, you know, I'm yeah. just taking everything that's in that shit, you know? It was yeah. probably like 10, 20 different bottles. Like, I know I'm mixing all that, that many things up, no matter what it is, it's gonna have to do me, you know what I mean? Plus, I'm, I'm like just drunk as a skunk, you know? And at this point, too, you said you already had it convinced. You yeah. already told yourself. Yeah, I told myself, you know. And like I said, I just called everybody over and just had like that last hoorah. And I'm looking at everybody. And in my head, I'm knowing what I'm going to do. And I'm just tripping because it's like I'm tripping out because it's like nobody else knows. You know, like people, they don't even know, like, I'm not even going to be here tomorrow. You know, and like, man, we got, I had a blast. Like, I had a blast. And it was I think I had a blast because that was just like my farewell. You know what I mean? Like I'm gone. Like you know, and everybody because damn, I remember he was partying. He was having a good time yesterday. Like, well, cool. That's the last memory of me. You know what I mean? You didn't see me down and out. You didn't see me deteriorating to nothing or whatever it is. You know. Mm -hmm. And as the last person walked out the house, that's when the like the whole overdose started happening, and. I just remember everything going black and I couldn't breathe and I started like trying to throw up and I started choking on it. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I knew in my heart, like I, I, I was dying. I was going through the whole process of dying and I regretted it so much. Cause the one thing that I could think about the first was like, damn, I'm, I'm, th this is happening in my mom's kitchen. Like the first person that's going to find me is my mom. Like, damn, what did I do? Like, what did I do to her? You know what I mean? Like, damn, I could have, I could have just got a hotel and just did it at the hotel. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that part, and that was the main regret that I had. Like, 
God, I, I want to die, but I don't want to die at my mom's house. I, I don't want my mom to find me. Like, that's going to kill her more than every, anything, you know? And that's going to be the last thought or, 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 or sight that she ever sees of me. I'm dead. I'm OD. She's trying to, who knows, bring me back to life or whatever. Like, I, I, I was like, I, I, I didn't realize I didn't want to die until I realized I was dying. Mm-hmm. And... And I can remember it, the whole entire thing, like it was like it just happened yesterday. It was the most. I could hear everything. I couldn't see nothing, but I could hear everything, and I could hear like my heart beating, mm-hmm. and I can hear like my thoughts. And I'm just like, damn, man, what did I do? Like, I just totally screwed my mom. Like, I was already gonna screw her up with just be committing suicide, but for her to find me. And my mom bartended at the time. So, so I knew she was coming home like by 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. after she cleaned the bar or whatever. But thank God, that day, she decided to stay at her boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. And next thing I knew, I woke up. It was like 7.30 in the morning. And I'm face down in the kitchen, just puking and stuff everywhere, you know. And I remember being so happy that I woke up. But still, at the same time, feeling like that much more of a failure because I couldn't even get that right. Mm. I was like, damn, you so much of a screw up that you can't even kill yourself right. You know what I mean? You can't even get that right. Like, damn. But I just remember just being like, I'm glad my mom didn't come home to find me. I was just. And ever since then, you know, I've always battled with uh, suicide um, to this day. So after this attempt, did you get help? Like, what what kind of happened after? I just continued to carry on my life. I didn't really talk to nobody about no it. No one I, knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew nothing. Um, I didn't really feel a need to say anything because I nobody's ever knew. You know, I never really ever talked to anybody about anything because you just didn't talk to people about what you were going through. That I, I think that's how I was raised. You know, you just, you don't talk to people about it. I think I was raised that way because, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house because if people really knew what was going on in this house, yeah. people would do something about it or, you know, or it might change the way that people think about my parents and my mom and her boyfriend at the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just didn't do it, you know? Yeah. If you did, you probably would get monkey stomped to the ground, you know what I mean? And I'm al- I'm already getting beat every day, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a- yeah. I'm already getting pounded out every day by a grown man, you know what I mean? Uh, I-, I don't want to get beat more, you know what I mean? Or I watch my mother get beat every day all the time, you know what I mean? It got to a point where I would take beatings for my mom. If I knew my mom was in trouble and something was, like my mind done something where I knew she was gonna get beat for it. Like I would intentionally mess up or do something just so I could I could get the beating and maybe take the attention off of what my mom's going through and she won't get beat that day. You know, so I'm like, shit, I don't I don't wanna get beaten more, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's really hard. That's really like to hear you like because you're you're not alone in that, right? Like right. this happens to people. And even that feeling, like what you said, that really, oh, that like, 
that's that's heavy to feel like that after making an attempt and then having those feelings that you had mm-hmm. um and then just going about life like nothing yeah. i mean because back then i mean you're 17 years old or 16 17 years old you know you can't tell your homie that you just tried to take your life it's gonna make you look weak you know what i mean you're in the hood you're in the hood you're in the game you know what I mean? Last thing you, you want to be is be, be looked at as weak mm-hmm. or, or, or or be vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't let them know that. And that was, I heard you say when we were speaking, like, that was one of your reasons for joining a gang, right? Was no, like, no, because you were in pain and you wanted others to hurt too, no, or I just think, that specific incident? I think that was my mentality or when I used to go out there and I used to do a lot of dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we call them missions. Like every night you go and it could be shooting up somebody's house or you you're burning up somebody's car or, you know, whatever. You're going spray paint, whatever it is, you're going to do dirt. You know what I mean? And I I, I, I was always doing dirt. You know what I mean? I, and I think that was just one of the reasons why, you know what I mean? Like hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was easy. I was good at it. You know, and it was the only thing that I felt that I was good at. Other than art, but nobody gave a crap about my art. You know what so I'm saying? You were, so what did you do at that time when you were, you know, in a gang? In did you do art and things like that? I so. did. A, I mean, you just do a lot of, I did a lot of art for the gangs, you know what I mean? In the neighborhoods, you know what I mean? Like, and, and hell yeah, I was awesome at it. You know what I mean? I was, you know, like the, 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 the Rembrandt or Picasso in my hood, you know, but. <laughs> And how about in childhood? Did you do art then? Um, did you I, yeah, use I did a lot of art when I was a, since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I always did art. It was the only thing I had. It was my only outlet. Do you think any like the trajectory would have changed if your art was noticed, like by a teacher, or if like you were put on a different path using your art at all? No, uh, I don't think so because I was very aware of of, of and there was people that was noticing my art. And like as a child, I had the the chance. Like when 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 I was coming up in elementary school, you had what they called the AAs, the advanced academics, and the, the smarter kids. You know what I mean? Were in the AA classes, and you know, I, and there, and I was always getting in trouble in, in class because the teacher was like, "Yo, he just always acts a fool. He's a, he's the class clown. He's always talking." So I already knew everything. You know what I mean? Like. So they're like, yo, you need to move. We need to move him up. He needs to go to the advanced classes. And I was like, yo, I don't want to go with the nerds. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be with my friends. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go with those nerds, this and that. And like, they had me take the test. My mom was like, you gonna take the test? You got a choice. I was like, okay, I can take the test, but I could fail it too. Mm-hmm. So I took the test because they made me take the test, but I failed it on purpose mm. because I, I didn't want to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted to stay with my friends or who, or who I thought were my friends or really were my friends. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a crap about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think things would have changed had you have gone? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Who's to say? I, I can't. I can't say that. I, yeah. It could have been worse. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I wish I would have passed that test? I do wish I would have passed that test. I do wish. Uh, I hate the unknown. Yeah, you know. I think that's why now I'm such a type of person where I just go and do it, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm not gonna get be stuck with the what ifs. I'm just like freaking. I'm just gonna go try it. Yeah. And if I fail, I fail. At least I know it's not my thing. 
Yeah, and you and, tried it. Yeah, and I could walk away in my head high and say, yeah. you know what? I gave it everything I had. This is not my thing. Yeah. You know, but then they'll be like, what if? You know, because there was quite a few things that I did that I was actually good at mm-hmm. that I just stopped doing. And I was like, damn, what if I had kept doing that? Like, how good would I have been? You know what I mean? Like, maybe my life would have trajectory would have been in that direction. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was skateboarder. I was a pretty good skateboarder. And I just quit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was a thing of I just quit. I just think that I didn't, I couldn't afford it anymore. I was broke. I didn't have no money. You know what I mean? I wasn't a good thief. I couldn't steal, you know. And the only way I would be able to skateboard is when my friends got a new skateboard and they would give me their old one. Mm-hmm. So once everybody stopped skating, it's like, damn, well, I don't get a new board. You know what I mean? I could go steal it, but I'm not a good thief. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. And I think that's why it's so important for, uh, like, for community outlets. Yeah. Because there are a lot of kids like you. You know, there's a lot of kids who need support and need those outlets and need the equipment. And that's why, like, art centers like Sky Art and South Chicago, places like that, they give those kids those outlets. Yeah. I mean, we need those more in our community. And it's hard because then you start thinking about the back stuff, the political stuff, the funding. Yeah, people don't realize, like, mm -hmm. one skateboard, just one skateboard, a professional skateboard. That's about 250 bucks or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a, and a struggling mom. A single mom. A single yep. mom. Or even two parents that are out there and, and they're just living check to check. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, 250 bucks, that ain't nothing. You know what I mean? There's sneakers right now that cost way more than $250 that kids are wearing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you don't have it, $250 might, might as well be $250,000. Mm-hmm. It might as well be $2.5 million. You, you don't got it, you ain't got it. Nope. And if you did have it, I'm pretty sure there's something that you would do it, that you need to do with it, then buy a skateboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's the hard part. And like I said, when kids have those opportunities, yeah. it's better outcomes for them as adults. And so I hope that if people are listening out there who have the ability to create, you know, programs or to do something for kids that they do it, because yeah, you got to get these kids off the streets, man. Because mm-hmm. you know what, these streets are waiting. These streets are waiting. They're like, I, I, psh, don't, don't take the rims off, off off the basketball courts. We want you to do that. Mm-hmm. We want you to. All they're gonna have to do is come to the streets, and when they come to the streets, yo, I got dope for them to sell. You know what I mean? I got a block for them to bang on. You know what I mean? I, I, I got dirt for them to do. And, and the streets are gonna turn you out. The streets ain't got no love for you. you man, love, love you. And it's the most vulnerable kids who turn to those things. Yeah, you know? because it's all we have. It's all we have. You know what I mean? For me, it wasn't even a thing like all my homies that I went to school since since, since grade school, they were banging. You know what I mean? I got family members that were banging. Like, it was it was around me. My mom's boyfriend, he was a gang member, and his brothers were gang members. It was what I I grew up around more people gang banging than I did probably around people who worked and did it and led a straight life. You know what I mean? It was, I was familiar with it and everybody that I knew was, was in the gang. Yeah. So, you know, when I go out to the, when I go out to the street, my homies are already banging on the block. Who, who I'm going to go talk to the dudes that I know. Right. So guess what? When, when, when that, when their ops come down the street or whoever they're beefing with come down the street and they see you talking to them, then guess what? You're, now You're one of them, of them now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And after a while, you just get you get tired of dealing with this with it. So he's like, yo, you know, this 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 is this is what I'm around, this is this is who I'm I'm with. I said, I I have one of them. Was like, I, I should have been more strong in my mind. It takes a stronger person. The stronger person, not the one that, that's in the gang. The stronger person is the one that's around the gang that says, I'm not going to do that. You know, and there was a couple of cats in the hood who were like, my homie that I bang with, like their cousins or something like that. And we used to be like, yo, like, it's cool you come around and all that, but like outside, like you can't be around like that. You know what I mean? Like the same for you. You a good dude, you know what I mean? Stay on that path, you know what I mean? You don't want to get involved in this because it, it, it turns you into something else, you know what I mean? And you, you, you got to, if you're really going to be down with this and really do do it on the level that you, sh you should do it if you join a gang, like, that's what you are. That's it's your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to live, you're going to die by these colors and, and, and or this symbol or this, whatever it is that, you, that you're repping, the street, the hood. I mean, you live, you, you live and die. You know, what I mean, it, whatever you do, you take what's coming with that. You go out there, you you kill somebody, you go out shoot somebody, you get caught. You know, you don't tell. You you take you you take your hit. And and, and a lot of people, you, you don't want that lifestyle for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, there's no coming back from a lot of times. There's no coming back from that. A lot of people don't get lucky to just walk away from this. You know, unscathed. You know, without losing somebody or without. Now you got a. Now you're, you're a convicted felon. You'd have been locked up. You know what I mean? A lot of times when you get locked up, it takes that fear of being locked up away from you. So now you're not even afraid to be locked up because hey, you go back, you, you you're good. There's a lot of cats that go to, go to the penitentiary. Yeah, it sucks you going to the joint, but you you banging in in the joint just like you are on the streets. Yeah. You know. So for you, um, I don't, I'm trying to know how to word this uh -huh. just because I'm like, I don't know if that's a good appropriate question to ask, but I will ask it. Uh -huh. So for you, were you able to walk away? Yeah, I was able to walk away. Okay. Do you oh, want to talk about that a little um, bit? I think, I think everybody's able to walk away. Uh, do they do it or not? I, that's up to the person. Everybody has the opportunity to just stop whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. it, it's a mindset. You know, once you have resolved in your mind that you're going to change and you're going to do something different, you're going to you're going to see through to that. You know what I mean? Um, me, what happened for me was my own my own hood split in half and went to a war with each other. Mm. And I had some cats telling me, like, yo, you who are you going to ride with? You're going to ride with them. You're going to ride with us. And it's like, yo, that's my that, that's 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 my brother, too. I mean, I, I would give my life for that man. Like, give my life for you, and I, I got to pick a side over who I'm gonna ride with over something that has nothing to do with me. And I, I just, I, 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 because I knew it, it in the long run, as this proceeds to get worse and worse, like people are gonna lose their lives. There's gonna be bloodshed, and there's gonna come a point where there's no turning back. There's, I mean, there's only an act of God to bring peace. Other than that, it's, it's, no, it's going to be no peace. There ain't going to be no squash in this. And my mom, you know, my mom was friends with all my the, the homies' moms, you know what I mean? And now there's, there's, there's people's moms out there that don't even like each other no more because of that. Had nothing to do with their relationship, but they can't talk to each other no more because their sons are trying to kill each other now when we were all together. 
And I just didn't see the honor in that. And they were like, yo, well, you could transfer to another set. And I was like, no, I'm from this set. I got to transfer to somewhere else. If I can't be from here, then I'm not going to be nothing. So they're like, yo, if you want to walk, you can walk. We give you the opportunity to walk. And I was like, yo, I'll just take my, I'll, I'll just walk the meat grinder. You know what I mean? You walk the meat grinder means you're going to come in. You're going to go out the way you came in. Mm-hmm. So I'll take my violations out and and and, and I'm and I'm gone because I, I I'm I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I, I can't live with, with going against my own brother now, you know. And when this happened, where were you like in life? Like at the how around what age, like what other things were happening in your life? It was around I, I started it was probably around the time where I started to do music too. Okay. Um, so the more I got into the music, the more I started to get out of the hood. Uh, and so I, you know, once once I got uh, presented with the opportunity, like you know, you can walk, walk, and I was like, I had no, I, I had no intention of walking, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like well, I already know, like I have, I have something else I could pour my, myself into. You know what I mean? And it, and it felt good that I already had that. So I wasn't gonna walk away and like, what? What am I gonna do? You know, I got nothing. I, I'm just out here like a paper bag in the wind. You know, like I still, I had, I had music. I had like all the homies from different hoods that were in my, that grew up in like East Chicago and all that. They all would come to my house, and then I would have cats from. It'll be twelve, thirteen dudes in my house. We're all making music. We're all rapping and making beats and stuff like that. And it's all different dudes from different gangs. Mm-hmm. It was like my house was like the escape for people, mm-hmm. you know, to get away from whatever they were going through in their hood. You know what I mean? And it was it was pretty awesome. And looking back at that, how did that feel for you to be that support to... Other I didn't. I didn't get it at first. I didn't see it at, like that at yeah. first. I didn't. I didn't think about it until after after the fact. You know, or I, I was just living in the moment. You know what I mean? I didn't. But now looking back, now at looking that. back is just like man. I I felt glad that I, at least I could have at least done that for people. You know what I mean? To give them that temporary escape because there was some cats that were in my house that were like some straight goons like some straight gang banging that's that's what cats did you know what i mean like like cats have bodies under their belts and, and was knocking people's heads off and but they were hurting too and you know we they, you come to my house and like nobody was allowed in my house no you couldn't just pull up and come to my crib it was only certain people and we just it, 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 you know what? I, I thank God that we were able to have that that place of, of of escape or refuge or whatever it was, and it was like no no judgment, no nothing. Like we just came. We all had the same love. It was all for the music, and we just banded together. But we, we all were doing our own projects and stuff. But it was still one place that we would all come and just record and just hang out with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I like hearing you say that and just thinking about it in terms of that, like you became someone's outlet. Like, yeah. you know, you became like a, 
essentially you became a safe space for yeah. other people to be creative. And how for you at this time did music help you process the things that you were dealing with? It was everything for me. It was every like you know what, what everything that I, I that I put in my music was everything that I was going through. And I know a lot of people that were making music just for like the party and the club and I was never about that. I was always about making music for the people that were hurting, you know, because I knew there's more people out there going through what I'm going through and nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But if you could get the message out there and people can hear that and they're like, yo, I'm going through that same thing. Yo, like, I can't believe something. You spoke on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a way for, like, free yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And did you feel like when people came to record, you heard a lot of that? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did anybody do anything with it after that? Like, did they talk about it? Like, oh, you know, I felt that I related to that. Like, were there oh, those kind of conversations? Or was yeah, it just like, I, I, I gave everything and I'm out? Quite a f the people doing it? Or the people making them inspired that kind of And, uh, yeah, he, he was like, man, you know, starting to have now because coexist so i live by different laws even though they're the same laws i live you know you just you, you didn't share things with other people like what goes on in my hood is from cats in my hood mm -hmm. and you don't you don't speak what, what's going on in your gang with other gangs from different different places. You right. know, you just didn't do it. But now that we both went our ways, you know, he, he you know, he's like, man, I, it was my place to just get away from. I didn't, I could go to your house and I, and I didn't have to go out there and do dirt. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't have to go out there and, and, and sell dope. I, I, I didn't have to be pressured into uh, doing things that I didn't want to do. Or live in a way that I really didn't, in my heart, didn't want to live. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I don't really know what to say, but hearing that is like, that's good that you had that outlet for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm thankful. I'm thankful mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't get to talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a few of those guys that were, were in that, in my house that we were making music with that, that are not here no more. You know, they're dead. They're gone. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of them are probably just getting in the penitentiary or are going to get out the penitentiary. Um, so it, it, it's it's bittersweet, you know, that some of us made it and some of us didn't, you know. Mm -hmm. Who knows what, what, what those, the ones that didn't make it, well, how they would have turned out now, you know. Yeah. And looking back on that, and even just going back to the attempt that you made, you know, how did that make you look at things different? Did you ever think about it at that time when you're making music? Did you ever think like, man, I'm really glad I didn't? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, once I, once once people started to hear it and people started to relate to it, mm -hmm. once I started to get the feedback and people were like, yo, man, like I really... I felt what you were saying in, in that verse and I could relate to it. And, and it was like, oh man, like I, I, I'm, I'm really doing something here. Like I, I have something here. It's just not no hobby or something. Like I have the ability to like touch people or, or 
inspire people or help people uh, have get get awareness or or even the balls to to face something. You know what I mean? And it 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 makes it that much more harder to write sometimes when you realize that though, because you just don't want to come off of a place where you don't want to put some everything you put out there has to have substance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and you don't talk about the same thing all the freaking time. It just so happens that I just so happen to go through a whole bunch of freaking crap. You know what I mean? I got a, at least a few albums worth of crap to talk about. You know what I mean? So, how many songs and albums in total did you make, and how long? How long of a time frame did you do music for? Uh, and are you still doing music? No, I really don't do music too much anymore. I wish I did. I do uh, music with my cousin. He has a couple. Uh, he has a, a couple projects that are coming out. Okay. Uh, Nazo, shout out to him. Check his stuff out. The Barbershop Talk. Uh, volume one's already out. We work, go back to the studio and work on volume two. Um, but I don't get to work on music anymore. I, I Tattooing is, is just so busy and so demanding that I, I couldn't do both. On a, I couldn't give both 100%, should I say. Okay. If I would do both. It, it will be, I would be spreading myself between two. And I don't think that that's fair to either one. And especially to my clients, you know what I mean? So I just really focus more on tattooing and the music is always, I always have a love for it. It's always something that when I get the chance to do it, I will do it, but it's not something that I'm going to do. Like as far as like, like I, I tattoo, like that's number one. You know what I mean? First of all, being a husband and a father is number one. And then outside of that, it's tattooing, you know, and then from there, you know, music, it's 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 a little bit more than a hobby, mm-hmm. but it's not my bread and butter, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, Nick, I actually we're going to wrap up this week's episode and we're going to come back with you next week to talk awesome. a little bit more about like depression. And we are actually going to touch on the effects of pornography. Oh, and yeah. we haven't talked yeah. about that yet on this podcast. No, we haven't really talked one. about that's anything. Not, so, I think more people need to talk about that than anything because yeah. it's, it, it's affects it so bad you yeah. know and people it's, it's taboo you don't talk about it mm, and i think it, we really need to talk about everybody's it. watching nobody's <laughs> yeah. talking you know so we will come back next week and we'll learn a little bit more you know about your adult years now so we learned about your childhood and we're gonna go on into that adult years awesome well thank you for having me hope you didn't bore you guys uh and yeah i'll talk to you then all right all right guys that does it for this week's episode of mind if we chat stay tuned next week for part two where neck will return and we'll be talking about a variety of different topics all right guys make sure to follow mind if we chat on instagram and facebook at mind if we chat i'll see you guys next week i am not a mental health professional I'm an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I'm sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911. Thank you.